Welcome, Bird Gang. And to paraphrase Bill Belichick, it's on to Washington. That's right. The 49ers win is in the rearview mirror. And don't expect any hangover come Sunday. This team knows it hasn't accomplished anything yet, and that's the right attitude. Washington, like the 49ers, has an excellent defensive line. In fact, they are causing anxiety for head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Plus, Chase Edmonds, is it time for him to get more touches? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 312, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Well, I don't know about you, MJ, but if we are going to continue to practice in the mornings, I'm digging this 78, 79 degree weather here in Tempe because let's be honest, it's we don't get it a lot during this time, but we are starting to see that calendar switch just a little bit. It was gorgeous out of practice today. Yeah, and it's been like, you know, last week too, and you can always tell when it's cooling down. Now, I know we're still going to have 100 degrees, and I always talk about Halloween where it could still be hot. Um, but you can tell from the mornings and evenings where it cools down a little bit. And, you know, some we haven't had the monsoon season like we probably should have, but for the most part, yeah, it's – and I really like Cliff talking to us. You know, on Wednesdays at 7 a.m., you know, kind of plan your day. Um, he actually said that we all look good in the morning. Uh, that was last week. He didn't make any comp- compliments uh, today. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's. In, I think if we fast forward, when you got four or five East Coast games and back to back weeks, this is you know, you if you start practicing, you know, seven, or eight o'clock to ten o'clock, that's obviously three hours ahead. So maybe the body clock will help out, but we'll worry about that when we get there. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Not only practicing because of the weather, it's a lot cooler, but because there are several trips back east, and we know, well, we know the Cardinals' history going from west to east. It has improved over the last couple of seasons, but for a while there, it was almost impossible for this team to win on the east coast. Well, they usually start off pretty good. You know, the, the year they went to the Greenbrier, they, they beat the Lions, and then, you know, I think everyone was thrilled that Roethlisberger wasn't playing, and then the next thing you know, Mike Vick gets hurt, and you're like, no, and then it was Landry Jones. And then I remember when they played New Orleans, they lost three players in that game, including uh, Rashad Johnson's uh, tip of his finger. Then they went down to Tampa. I think they split there. So, I mean, just you, you definitely want to, if you get the first one, you want to get greedy and sweep, but, I think going in, you would sign up for for a split. Now, when we talk about who they're playing in New York, the Jets and Giants, I mean, based on their their rosters, I, I would go for a, a sweep there. But we know it's the NFL and anything can happen. On paper versus on the grass. And so far through one game, the Cardinals better on the grass. We'll see if it continues this week against Washington. A couple of news items concerning the Cardinals won on the injury front. Kingsbury didn't have a definitive update on either center Mason Cole or safety Jalen Thompson. Good, however, to see Cole working out on the side as opposed to not being seen at all. We'll keep an update on that. Plus, Keyshawn Johnson, 
no new update on him on the COVID-19 restricted list. So we'll kind of monitor that. Kingsbury called it unfortunate because of how well Johnson had played in training camp and I think was going to be a factor. I don't know how much of a factor, but he was going to be a part of this offense. Yeah, and he, and he also mentioned that he had an outstanding uh, training camp, and he was probably one of the more underrated players, and I think they've used that with Chase Edmonds and, and Keyshawn Johnson and those guys. You know, they're going to get their opportunities now. Again, how many wide receivers are they going to dress? They feel like if they maybe spread out the uh, the Washington football team, maybe they're going to have to dress all the receivers. We know Sherfield's kind of been limited when it comes to reps at wide receiver, but he's been a special teams demon, so – yeah, I don't know if he would have been active last week. And, and, and what I was told, Craig, you ready for this? What I was told that they're, they're really trying to increase Andy Isabella's reps. Okay. That would be good because that's been a talking point for a lot of the bird gang out there. Second round draft pick didn't do a whole heck of a lot a year ago, aside from that 88 yard touchdown against the 49ers and was in for a handful of offensive snaps this past week, but never thrown to. Anytime they went four wide, according to Kyle Odegaard, he was the fourth wide receiver out there. So it is part of their packages. You know, initially we thought maybe he'd be the punt returner, but obviously they want a little bit more security with Christian Kirk. Chase Edmonds getting a chance to return kicks. So again, um, but I, I was told that they want to get Andy Isabella more involved because of the skill set. And when you're a third or fourth wide receiver, you're probably going against a nickel or a linebacker or a safety. So it looks it may not happen right away, but that's the plan moving forward. And I'm glad you brought up Isabella and the punt return. Yes, on the depth chart, he's listed as first team, although as we've discussed, it's very unofficial. It's not something that the head coach signs and says this is what our plan is. So right now, Christian Kirk fielding punts, Chase Edmonds on kickoff return. We'll see if that changes. Certainly would love to see Isabella more involved, but we say that about everyone that is not a part of whatever the offense or defense is doing at the moment. Well, I think Jeff Rogers, I mean, I just think, you know, they haven't tapped on his shoulder and say you can't use Christian Kirk. And, you know, let's be honest, he, he, he was targeted five times and he had a catch for zero yards. So, you know, obviously fresh legs, and, you know, Kirk wants to do as much as he can to get the ball in his hands. So it's another opportunity. I still think Andy could be a, a guy that can, if he gets past that first level or containment, he has the ability to take it to the house. Not saying Kirk, because I know two years, three years ago, you were saying, man, he's close. And that's something they haven't really gotten from their return units the last couple of years. That, that 41 yard uh, coming out of the end zone or that, that kickoff return. That gave him great field position. They just haven't had that. Yeah, it's something that's been missing, and I'm sure would love to be corrected this season. On the special teams part, Zane Gonzalez, a question was asked of Kingsbury about Gonzalez because he did miss two field goals on Sunday, 49 and 52 yards out, both wide right, both long distance field goals. He did, though, hit the 56-yarder right before the end of the first half, which was huge for that comeback victory for the Cardinals on Sunday. But according to the head coach, quote, we feel very comfortable with Zane, end quote. And I went back, looked at some of his numbers a year ago from 40 yards and beyond, 7 of 10. So small sample size, he's 1 of 3 from beyond 40 yards this season, although coach did mention, hey, 
we got to put him in better situations and not have him out there for kicks of 45-plus yards out because as good as kickers are and can be, those are still difficult field goals to make. Yeah, those are not chip shots. And, you know, you don't want him kicking, you know, 19 to 23 yards because that means you stalled in the red zone. Now, you start looking at the numbers, Craig, and I think people got a chance to see what happened with Steven Goskowski. And gratefully for him, he made that last kick, and he's going to keep his job. I think his body of work, this guy was a really effective kicker in New England. But right now, going into week two, kicking is uh, 71%. It's been the lowest in a long time. And according to Jay Feely, because you didn't have any preseason games, it's hard to simulate in practice. You're never going to have 11 guys just rush. You're going to have guys man up. That's your guy. That's your guy. Where at least in the preseason, whether they were third or fourth string guys, they're going to rush the kicker. So uh, obviously Feely has experience there. Um, I don't know if there's any validity to But when you start seeing around the league, I mean, until they changed the extra point, it was automatic when it came to 35, 40-yard field goals. But right now it's not guaranteed. So I don't know how you simulate it. I guess it's about their approach. Um, and Gonzalez, is, to me, has a strong leg, and he's the least of my worries. I just don't think, you know, he, um, well, from a standpoint, I just don't want him to see him, him making, like, shorter kicks this year. But those those kicks that he missed, as you pointed out, and it's a valid point, they were long enough. It's just they were wide right or wide left, but he's got the leg to kick it. It is a Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And Wednesday means the start, the official start of the next week. In this case, week two, focusing on Washington. And it's certainly clear that the players want to put the focus on this upcoming opponent. A couple of players, though, asked about last week's game, and it was clear that, uh, well, Chase Edmonds, hey, we're moving on to Washington. Devondre Campbell, you can't live off past success. Kyler Murray didn't even want to touch it. So this team, as we talked about yesterday, 24-hour rule. We extended it here on Cardinals Cover 2 to a 48-hour rule because of just how important and how big that win was. But it's now time to turn the page. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, from a player's perspective, you know, they're getting the game plan. I mean, they do have uh, iPads and Microsoft tablets. Um, so they're getting the game plan likely Tuesday night. Now, they do a lot of install on Wednesday and Thursday. So it's it's important to move on, and you can't live in the past. But I like what guys are saying. You can't get too high and too low because you ride the wave, and then all of a sudden there's disappointment. We know on paper these are very winnable games in the next couple of weeks, but we also know it's the NFL. Yeah, and I like what Kyler Murray had to say in response to, you know, would there be a quote-unquote hangover effect because it was such a big win on Sunday. Quote, there's no hangover. There will never be a hangover, at least for me. And then he added, the easy thing is to get complacent, but that's not what this team is about. So they are saying the right things and certainly working towards now going 2-0 and for the first time since 2015. Yeah, and they and they are getting a lot of pub on the outside. It's amazing. I, I think what they what they call it overreaction Monday, where if you win, you know, all of a sudden the Cardinals are going to go 19 and 0 this year, and if you lose, you, you're looking at a top five pick in the draft. I mean, I think you got to wait for 25 percent of the season, and you know, we'll, we'll see where they stack up at the end, uh, end of uh, end of September. But on paper, it's a very favorable schedule 
but you still got to go play the game and you still got to go out there and block in tackling. It's, it's the basics of football. But I, I think this team is confident when they step on the field. Well, part of that praise, the power rankings are out and everyone's got them. And you, some people like them, some people don't. It's just a matter of kind of what you do. And it does kind of give maybe a broad sense of where things stands across the league. But one of the biggest jumps, USA Today had the Cardinals before the season at number 21. Now at number eight, you talk about a jump. That was a huge leap after beating the defending NFC champions. That is a, a huge jump. I believe that would be Nate Davis. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, it's only one game, but, you know, six, 15 other teams won their first game. Now there were a few upsets, so maybe they would be below the Cardinals. But, hey, you know, usually those last couple of years, Craig, first thing I would do is go to the bottom of the list where they rank 32nd, 31st, 29th, and then you're, you, you and, and at the end of the day, it's, it's based on, you know, what you did in the previous week, what they think you're going to do, because you can't see a team go from like 25th to like 8th. So it's, it's really, they're projecting what you did last week and what you're going to do in the future. But hey, as we always say, it beats the alternative. Yeah, not only USA Today, CBS, Bleacher Report have the Cardinals at number 8, ESPN, number 15 and I think that's that's reasonable I, I'm okay with that and again this is as you said it's it's one game it's one week uh, let's talk about this next month let's talk about this in November let's hope the Cardinals are in position in December to start playing some meaningful football all right so over the years Mike Sando he's worked for ESPN he's been on a lot of local radio over the period of time and now he's working for the athletic and he's I don't know if he was the first to come up with it. He comes up with tiers for quarterbacks. Tier one would be your upper echelon quarterbacks. Tier two is maybe guys have flashed and, you know, they're still not there yet. And then there's tier three, tier four, and tier five. So if you start looking at the tiers of tier one when it comes to teams, and I think it's safe to say you look at the uh, Chiefs, Ravens, Seahawks, Saints, and Packers. And I think those teams were elite in week one. Would you agree with that? I would. I absolutely would. I mean, as far as if you were talking about Super Bowl contenders, each one of those teams you could certainly see come January. Now, we know that Bruce Arians is calling out the quarterback, and, you know, maybe it's hyperbole or he's trying to light a fire. So, Tier 2, uh, I'm looking at a list. Somebody put the Bucks in there, I guess, talent-wise, but they got a lot of new faces, so it may take some time. The Cowboys, obviously, a disappointing loss. The Steelers look like they were varsity and the Giants look like JV and the Bills. They just win. So that's tier two. So tier three, I think, is where the Cardinals would be uh, when it comes to teams around them. And we'll start off with the Vikings, disappointing loss there. Um, the Niners, obviously, people project them to be a double-digit win team. The Titans, good win against the Broncos, the Patriots, Cardinals, um, the Broncos, the Eagles, Falcons, Texans, Raiders, and Rams. Would you it seems like those are more teams that the Cardinals are competing with moving forward. Would you agree? I would. And you can certainly see the Cardinals moving up, especially if they're able to keep stacking wins and, and being consistent, not not riding that roller coaster, but proving that last week wasn't a fluke. And you can do that by winning at home against Washington. Yeah. And my prediction is if if they can get off to a good start, we know it's daunting at the end. I think Kyler Murray will go to a Tier 2 quarterback, and I think the Cardinals could be Tier uh, 2 also. Now, 
These other teams are kind of finding their identity. Bears, Washington football team, Jags, Lions, Giants, Chargers, and Dolphins. And then at the bottom, you got Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Carolina, and the Jets. And, and those teams are obviously going through new coaches, uh, obviously new system schemes, even though the Jets been under Adam Gase for a few years. So we'll, we'll, we'll take a look back at, at the month of September, but I do think the Cardinals can go from Tier 3 to Tier 2. Well, let's get into that Washington football team. But first, a reminder, Bird Gang, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Like the Cardinals, Washington 1-0 and and winning in comeback fashion last week against the Eagles. They spotted Philadelphia 17 points and then scored the game's final 27. But you look at the offensive numbers, MJ, not impressive at all. In fact, their three touchdown drives, 45, 20, and 48 yards. All right, so not impressive. Well, how do they win? Defense, 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 and specifically that defensive front, those four guys, or that rotation, if you will, it's a four-man front, might be, next to the 49ers, one of the best, if not the best, in the entire NFL. Yeah, and according to Justin Pugh, that he thought they were a little bit deeper at an interior versus the Niners, obviously losing to Forrest Buckner, but we know the Niners have a couple of legit pass rushers. So when you look at it, you talk about investing, and this is what happens when you get high picks in the draft. And obviously the Cardinals have benefited from it, from Kyler Murray and, you know, even a guy like uh, Buda Baker when they moved up. So so back in go 2011, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, he's a very underrated player. He plays in a big market. Uh, he's a he's definitely a guy you got to put a hat on. He was a first-round pick. And then you look at Jonathan Allen from Alabama. He was a first-round pick. Uh, Darren Payne, he was a first-round pick. Then you look at um, – Montez Sweat, the linebacker, he was a first-round pick. He was actually the second pick in 2019 with Dwayne Haskins, and then we go to Chase Young this year. So they really have uh, invested in that, and I think because you play in the NFC East and you got to play some cold-weather games, they, they and, and let's be honest, I mean, you hire Ron Rivera because you're trying to change the culture there from, from top to bottom, and these guys have bought in. And, you know, a story you told the other day is where, Rivera was getting IV at halftime, and Haskins is the one that, that called the, the meeting, and it was just about execution and, you know. But I, I look at those numbers, and I'm like, how do they win that football game? But you look at Wentz, he had a couple turnovers um, when you get f- short fields. And one thing I like about Haskins, he's, he's that pocket passer. He'll, he'll drop that foot three to five and seven steps. When he drops that back foot, Craig, you watch him get rid of the ball, and I always think it's easier for a quarterback to throw to a tight end unless it's deflected or tipped. And, and obviously Logan Thomas is in a more tight end because of his athleticism. So, you know, they're, they're a really young team. You could see how they're building for the future. Um, but, again, I think this is a very winnable game for the Cardinals at home. Yeah, Haskins got better as the game went on. 10 of 15 for 101 yards in the second half. You bring up Logan Thomas, the former Cardinals quarterback, didn't kind of pan out. He made the position switch and now enjoying some success in Washington. And then Terry McLaurin, college teammates with Haskins at Ohio State. He's their number one wide receiver. None of those really stood out, though, as far as the stats. Again, going to go back to the defense. Eight sacks, three forced 
turnovers, and that is what really set this Washington team up as far as being able to come back. And that five former first-round draft picks that you just named, they accounted for five-and-a-half of the eight sacks that this team was able to get against the Eagles. You know, if you go back to the, you know, speculation and draft, uh, you know, projections, a lot of people thought maybe the the Redskins would have pulled a Cardinals and went with Joe Burrow. There was no doubt in my mind. Uh, When they went out and made the deal for Kyle Allen, I thought, all right, they're going to let Haskins win this job, you know, and, and let's build around him. He just invested a high pick for him. Um, so, uh, but Chase Young to me was the best player in the draft. Uh, nothing against Joe Burrow. Uh, I wish him a lot of success there. And then, you know, Jeffrey Akuda, who missed week one, and then obviously Isaiah Simmons. So uh, I don't think the Redskins even flirted. Now, if they ever had the first pick in the draft, I still think they would have taken Chase Young. Well, Murray called Chase Young a specimen, a freak of nature, and he certainly looked the part with a sack and a half and a forced fumble and someone that even can drop a little bit. There was some film of him actually chasing a running back who came out of the backfield. So he certainly has all the skill set and made a great first impression, not only for Washington, but for the rest of the league. I told you uh, going into the draft and after the draft, because, you know, kind of knew he was going there just based on connecting dots. He's a piece of clay. They got to mold him now. I mean, he, he, he's got the, he's got the, he passes the eye test. He's got the physical attributes. Um, you know, he's a guy that can make plays on the run. It's not just pin my ears back and go after the quarterback. So he's a really good player. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the rookie of the year just based on playing every down, playing in a big market. Um, and then along those lines, I mean, we'll see if he gets double digit sacks. You know, Simeon Rice was really effective his rookie year with the Cardinals. So high expectations, but I think he'll climb the mountain when it's all said and done. Well, he's got a great leader within that defensive line room and Ryan Kerrigan. He was a part of that party on Sunday, if you will, with two sacks, <laughs> became Washington's all-time sacks leader, and then earlier today named NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And the Cardinals are very well aware of what Washington can do as far as getting after the quarterback. In fact, head coach Cliff Kingsbury said, quote, it was pretty nerve-wracking watching their film, end quote. And Justin Pugh called them relentless. Now, Kyler Murray wanted to focus more on the Cardinals' end of things, saying, hey, if we execute, we'll be able to get a W on Sunday. And I understand that point. Yet it's those five guys up front that are in charge of making sure Kyler Murray does not get off his spot unless it's Murray's choice to run like we saw against the 49ers. Uh, you know, I, I, I follow certain beat writers uh, for all 32 teams, and, and then obviously I focus more on uh, whoever the Cardinals are upcoming opponent. Maybe I'll tap into a couple more. But the, the feeling out of Washington based on Kingsbury's uh, conference call with the media this morning and then Ron Rivera addressing the media is they both have high anxiety. Kingsbury, when it comes to their pass rush, and Rivera has anxiety how he's going to contain Kyler Murray. And that's the beauty of the NFL, chess match, you know. Obviously, if they get, Washington gets off to an old start, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, uh, you got to give them credit. Uh, not, you know, I don't think he's a retread. Everywhere he's been, Rivera's got it turned around. And it's, it's going to take some time with a young roster. But you could see anxiety for the coaching staff because it's really a chess match. You know, it's Kingsbury versus Rivera, or who, who their D.C. is against that front four. 
And then the other side's Kyler uh, against, you know, uh, obviously Kyler against their front four. But didn't seem like Kyler was too concerned about him running. And, you know, I, I just feel like they're a young bunch. And sometimes you can try to feel like you need to make a play. And you kind of freelance a little bit. Now, I'm sure there's more structure. It's just a cliche, but I think Murray feels like, you know, there's there's pockets they can hit because if they want to drop, you know, six or seven in a box, that's going to open things up for the outside. Well, I don't think there's any question about that. And you talk about chess match. This might be the ultimate chess match with Cliff Kingsbury, offensive mind, Ron Rivera, defensive mind. And, oh, by the way, his defensive coordinator is Jack Del Rio, who on occasion during the course of the week is acting as the head coach because Rivera is battling cancer. Can't say enough about what he has had to deal with, not from a X's and O's standpoint, but from off the field with the team and then off the field in his personal life. So it is a team that you can certainly, because of the head coach, that you can get behind, just not this week. Exactly. We, we wish him well. And, you know, obviously, you know, the fact that he's still working is remarkable and, Players are aware of it. In, in Del Rio, I always thought he was a, a better uh, coordinator than head coach. You know, obviously he had some time in, in uh, Jacksonville and in Oakland, but I, I think that was a good hire. He spent some time in television, and a lot of times you want to get back there. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report. Of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2, Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. All right, let's move over to the Cardinals offense and specifically Chase Edmonds, something we touched on a little bit immediately after the ball game on Cardinal Talk and a little bit on Monday, and that is Chase Edmonds and how do you divvy up touches? We know that there's a talented wide receiver room, and when you have a DeAndre Hopkins, maybe that overshadows everyone else. Hard to get everyone involved as much as coaches would love to do it each and every week. But in that running backs room, we might have gotten a glimpse a little bit on Sunday about more of a balanced give and take, a one-two punch, if you will, something that, I'll be honest, I was not expecting. I was kind of expecting more Kenyon Drake and just giving him the ball until he taps out because of that one-year contract and say, hey, we're just going to ride you to the ground and, and show us what you can do. Yeah, I think Edmonds made it clear today that he wouldn't get into the details, but it said he started in training camp where they kind of defined each role. I still think Drake's going to be the guy. doesn't mean that Chase Edmonds won't be on the field for the first play of the game. It's based on you know their scripted plays. Um, but, again, according to people I talked to, and maybe I've used this word a couple of different times, but they thought he was the most underrated player in camp, and he really stood out, and I think – they're very confident in him, and it, it, me was telling when Steve Kime told Doug and Wolf that, you know, looking ahead, not saying that they don't want to retain Kenyon Drake, but they think he could be a front-line starter. Now, can he take the pounding? That You know, that's something that obviously – but I think maybe every third or second or third possession we could see Chase in the game. I don't think it's automatic that you're going to see Kenyon Drake for five consecutive possessions, and it's probably going to do him good when we get to the latter part of the season. So – um, they have a plan for him, and, and that's the beauty when I talk about Isabella getting a bigger role, uh, Chris Banjo getting a bigger role. Uh, these guys are just waiting for their opportunity, and so I would push Chase Edmonds in that same category. The only thing Edmonds would say when asked about roles between him and Kenyon Drake, quote, 
we got to keep both of us fresh, end quote. And that's a good thing to hear, another thing to actually execute, because if you look at Monday and just the snap count, Kenyon Drake, 58 snaps, 71% of the offense, and Edmonds, 28 offensive snaps, so 30 fewer. But it's what Edmonds did when he was given the football in his hands, 87 all-purpose yards, and that's why I think there's a growing sentiment about wanting to see Edmonds on the field a little bit more. I think that I think Drake's numbers come down and Edmonds comes up. I still think Drake is the featured back, but he, and the Cardinals don't have a third down back, so there's, you've got to find ways. And he's we know he's improved in pass protection. I think there are times you can't see him behind the line. He's shifting in his route running. You can line up up in the slot. Um, he can break tackles. So. I still think Drake's going to be the guy. Now, we'll see in the second half. Sometimes you ride the hot hand, but I think Edmonds' numbers come up and Drake's snap counts come down. Edmonds had six rushes for 26 yards, three receptions for 19 yards. He was targeted five times, targeted more in the passing game than Drake was, so that might be something to pay attention to. But it's what Kingsbury said earlier today when asked about Edmonds, quote, he will continue to have a major role in this offense, end quote. MJ, not just a role, a major role. And I thought that word was telling from the head coach. Yeah, they believe in him. And, you know, another great guy, young player. I mean, it's, I always think of the three musketeers, him and Sherfield. And, you know, obviously Sherfield's been a little bit older than those guys. And then Christian Kirk, they, they have great chemistry and, they're all rooting for each other, so it's nice to see. And, again, it's always nice to have your 22 starters, but you got to have some depth. And the Cardinals look like they want to play possibly 17 players on offense and maybe 17, 18 on defense. So um, I just think it's a golden opportunity for all these guys um, to get their number called. And then when your number is called, what do you do with those opportunities? And Edmonds has made the most of it. The 42-yard kickoff return and then nine touches on offense. So 10 touches overall, 87 all-purpose yards. Again, that's a lot for a limited number of times your number was called. So we'll see how much he gets his number called even more now advancing to next week. And then that one play immediately after the punt block, the quick swing pass to the right and Edmonds doing the bulk of the work, not only getting to the outside, but getting to the pylon and stretching out his arm and hitting the pylon, the presence of mind to know where he was on the field. And then, of course, making sure that, you know, the ball doesn't have to cross the goal line. If it hits the pylon, that's a touchdown as well. Well, he mentioned he watched a lot of Elvin uh, Kamara film, and you see these guys in the offseason. It's almost like take a medicine ball and then cut it in half, and, and they have to balance themselves with one leg, which is basically the ankle, the knee, and, and, the, and the thigh, the whole leg, I guess. Um, and so that's balance. And he, he said that, you know, probably in, in college, he went to a small school, it was always about know where, know where the, uh, the, the out-of-bounds line is, and if you can tiptoe down it, or um, it's a lot more effective. And, you know, you see a lot of guys, whether they're left-handed or right-handed, and I think Chase may be left-handed, but you want to put that ball in your right hand to get to the pylon, it's going to be an automatic touchdown. And, and you're always, you know, leery of a guy stepping out of bounds or his knee, like, like Hopkins did, but obviously he was getting tackled. So, yeah, you could see when they get down there like that, they sniff the end zone. 
Yeah, and you want to make sure that you've got that hand securely on that football because you certainly don't want it knocked out as well. But. Yeah, yeah. I, and we also talked about, you know, even though he didn't make the, the play and it doesn't show up in the stats or box score, um, Dan Arnold, I mean, I, I watched the film and I thought he froze the, the linebacker and the way Edmonds kind of tailed out, it, it wasn't straight to the line. He had to kind of get himself some momentum and obviously Kyler recognized him. So when those linebackers got froze, that opened him up to almost walk into the end zone. Yeah, he is talking about Chase Edmonds showing more and more that maybe he could be a starter in this league. Kingsbury's brought that up twice, once in training camp and then earlier today, that they view, talking about the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds, as a starting running back in this league. It's just right now he's behind. Well, earlier it was behind David Johnson, and now it's behind Kenyon Drake. And the more he's on the field, the more he produces. I know he's not as big as far as size is concerned, but it's it's hard to argue based off what we're seeing each week on Sundays. Yeah, I just, you know, we got to let it breathe a little bit, let it play out. I mean, we get to the second half of the season, if he's, you know, he's, he's continuing to make progress, maybe we'll see split carries. I mean, you obviously don't want to tip your hand. I, I do think, as you pointed out, he was targeted more than Kenyon Drake. I know Drake wants to be that that dual threat where you can catch the ball in the backfield, but I just think he's more fluent in the open field. So that's a plus, especially, you know, if you want to go three or four wide, um, he becomes a weapon on the outside, Chase Edmonds. Well, you've talked about it earlier as far as what the rest of the division is doing at the running back position, and it is running back by committee. We saw the 49ers shuffle in and out three different running backs. Now, I don't think the Cardinals have that luxury, and I don't even know if it is a luxury when you have all the – weapons in the receiving room and in the tight end room but maybe we throw in the cardinals as far as a quote-unquote running back by committee yeah i mean they they talked about it last year when they brought in zach center and and alfred morrison obviously i think the scenario there was you know they had injuries with chase Edmonds and david johnson then they pull off the trade for drake and he became the guy i i think teams prefer like you know how it is you know, the old Barry Sanders, plus two, minus one, plus three, and then he rubs off a 14-yard gain. You have to get the flow of the game. You have to get hit a little bit. Um, and one, two, one, one of the things that I really appreciate about Drake and Edmonds is you don't see a lot of tackle for losses. They fall forward. And they're, they're willing to basically give what the defense is going to allow. In other words, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, tack you three yards past the line of scrimmage versus you get seven or eight down the field. So that's what I like about him, and I think it starts up front uh, with the blocking scheme under Sean Kugler. Well, that's going to be one thing to kind of pay attention to, that momentum. You know, you ride the hot hand, and does Kenyon Drake get on a roll, or does it take him some time to get on a roll? And that's when Chase Edmonds gets in. But your point about, you know, you want to keep feeding the guy, even if maybe those first couple of carries is no gain or a loss or a short gain, because typically running backs build momentum, build steam towards the later part of the ball game. Yeah, I, I still think, and we'll have to monitor this, you know, the first month of the season, just I still think Drake's going to go out there again. They could start the game with Edmonds. It's one play, and players will tell you I'm more concerned of what's happening in the fourth quarter. Am I on the field to help, you know, their team win? So it could be every third or fourth possession, but you have to let running backs kind of get in the rhythm. And, uh it may not be pretty. Last week, the Cardinals were six, uh, three and out in their first two possessions, and you know Cliff's throwing the ball around, and they still want to run it. So 
um, you, you got to stick to what you, you believe in. Um, but I definitely think, uh, to bottom line this, I definitely think Edmonds is going to get more opportunities. could also be a conditioning thing because of no preseason. And we heard Kingsbury say, hey, the reason they threw nine straight times to open up the ball game is because they wanted to tire out the 49ers defense. It worked. Thing, and it did. Now, is that the game plan this week? Who knows? But maybe more shuffling of players early on outside of the offensive line and quarterback, of course, because you want to make sure that these guys don't get blown up and all of a sudden are tired midway through the second quarter. You know, I asked somebody, do you think Hop can get, you know, 16 targets uh, this upcoming week and 14 catches for 151 yards? They said if they don't cover him, he will. That's what was so strange about Sundays, the 49ers' inability to figure out where number 10 was on the field. That's amazing. I mean, it's one of the biggest offseason trades. It will go down to one of the top three or four in Cardinals history. So, I I mean, he was being sarcastic with me. But he said, I I said, do you think he can do it again? He goes, if if Washington can't cover him, you're going to see the same thing. Now, I do think – as I pointed out earlier in the show, that they want to get uh, Isabella more involved. When they go four wide, he was the fourth wide receiver. I think Fitzgerald's going to get some more targets and touches. And the guy that they're really intrigued with, unfortunately, he just, you know, he's, he's in the right spot is Christian Kirk. So I think there'll be a little bit more balance this week. But if they don't cover him, why not? Why wouldn't you throw it to Hop? Hey, he's got one of the surest hands in the game, if not the surest hands in the game. And if you're going to play off him, throw the short pass and let Hopkins make a defender miss or two and let him use his skill set. I was fascinated when Hop came out this week and he, he talked about, you know, he he saw Kyla's cut-ups and he knew he can run. And then obviously going to Dallas for, you know, a short period of time and then obviously going to training camp. And he was he was really impressed with his arm strength. And Hop said there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that will not the, – the, they'll stand on the right hash mark, but they don't want to throw all the way across the field when a guy's – for a comeback route or an out route. And I asked Murray, do you relish those opportunities? And he said, you know, he's been doing it. And I think it's, it's lower torso, the way he's able to turn his hips and the, and the quick uh, arm or, or quick release. I'm sure he taught it from his father, who's been his quarterback's coach since – He's probably five or six years old playing baseball and football. But that hop, hop something out of the bag there where a lot of quarterbacks won't throw to that side. It's amazing that – and he said, I will take chances. It's not a macho thing because, you know, you look at Jalen Ramsey, um, you know, with the pick six there. You look at how Tom Brady got the pick six there. Uh, they read these routes. They jump these routes. But Kyler's arm strength and his, and his accuracy and the way he gets rid of that ball – he said, I'll take some chances, but it's very unusual for quarterbacks, not so much thrown across your body, but standing on that other right hash mark and then delivering that ball, and it's in sync when the receiver comes back to the ball. Yeah, he's doing it because he can, not to show off his arm talent or arm strength. It's just something, as you mentioned, he's always done it, and the good quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks, are able to do it and do it successfully. There's no doubt, and and that's... I mean, I, I'm really, really just excited to see what he can do this season. I, I know that, you know, they have the talent, and I know he's he's a fierce competitor and he wants to win like they all do, but um, 
you know, we talked about it when they drafted him. And after maybe, you know, 15, 16 games in the season last year, we thought, man, if he can just be Lamar Jackson in his second year or Patrick Mahomes in his third year. And I know people will talk about sophomore slump. I don't see it happening. Well, next opportunity to see Kyler Murray in action and the Cardinals in a couple of days, Sunday against Washington 105 is the kickoff at State Farm Stadium. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.